The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra, and my pronouns are she, hers, and we. I'm Safa Master, and my pronouns are him, his, and we. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Okay, what are we drinking today? We're trying something new, because we really enjoyed the cocktails we were making with gin and Aperol. Yeah. So this is a gin Aperol tonic. Oh, wow. So it's quite easy. Gin and tonic with Aperol. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So it gives you a little more flavor with the tonic. And so you're doing two ounces of gin... And then half an ounce of Aperol and then fill it. You know, it's full of ice when you do this. Yeah. Stir it, fill it with tonic, stir it again, put a orange peel in it. Oh, nice. I also like squeeze it over the, mm. you can smell it. Mm. Well, that's delightful. See, that's a, that's a summer early dinner. That is. That's like, a summer that's a side walk, that, That's like a happy hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Drink. Good drink. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. a good one. Very refreshing. Very. Yeah. I like it a lot. Yeah. Gin and tonic on its own is great. Of course, yeah. But with Aperol, it just gives it like a whole nother dimension. I like this a lot. Mm. This is good. It's lovely. Good work. Yeah. The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Slub USA, the world's strongest, most powerful male masturbator. Visit Slub USA at Slub. S-L-U-B-B-USA.com. Today's conversation is brought to you by WeMinder, a behavior chart app for kinky couples like us. Learn more at WeMinder.app. Story of O. Yes. Chapter one. Yes. Part five. Yep. Wow. Yeah. A couple of interesting scenarios in this chapter. Mm-hmm. So first, she's taken down into a dungeon where she's chained in basically a lighted dungeon where there's no sense of day or night. Right. And she's left to be used by men over and over again. Yeah. But she's blindfolded. She never gets to see anybody because the valet always comes in and blindfolds her. But what was interesting, before she even got there, the valet basically fucked her on the stairs. Yeah, she stumbled, she stumbled while she was blindfolded, and he took advantage of her being down on her knees yeah. to fondle her and then, you know, come to completion, basically, mm-hmm. and then help her back up and then finish. And she had talked about that earlier in the book where 
how valet what the right of the valet was like right. how valets and he she saw like in the dining hall yeah valets using the girls right for punishment quote quote right whenever they wanted but they but like when they were in their areas of uh management let's yeah. say outside the rooms they were more on cue because i'm sure they're being watched sure you know and they and they knew where they weren't being watched right. kind of thing but it's interesting because she alluded in the beginning of it being, I think, three days in or something like that, or two right. days in or something, where she had gotten used to the fact of in the um, study where she would be assigned for the day, you know, tending the fire, fill, pouring yeah. coffee, lighting cigars and cigarettes, folding newspapers, right. watching other girls being used and then being used herself. Right. And that was just what she was in. One of the things that I took note of was that she really was missing her lover. And so she was very compliant as a submissive in the chateau. She never raised her eyes. She did exactly as she was told. Right. But she was counting the days till her lover came back. She was. She was she even before they took her down to that dungeon. Dungeon area. She said she had five more days. Right, exactly. You know. And she was it a week or two weeks that she was supposed to be there uh initially you mean yeah i think two weeks i think two weeks so it was like five more days yeah and she was aware of that so of course the valet uses her she gets tethered to the wall with her chains so she's got about three foot leeway right just enough to have her be able to turn against the wall for whippings or to get on her knees and she was routinely whipped and routinely used yeah and it was just, she lost track of how many people and what. We can now surmise that it was five days. Because she went there wondering if it was five days before another came back. And then she's down there being used. And then she gets Yeah, back so to that's her true. Room. I thought about that too. When yeah. you read that part, I was like, I don't know if that's the author's, the translation part of right. her already thinking she has five more days and then Renee shows up. Or again, like she talked about, she lost track of time. And, you know, you have to think about being in subspace. She did notice when she first entered, there was a table with bread and fruit and water that she probably was in subspace and they were feeding her at times. She just wasn't fully aware of what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. So then. So again, no consent. (laughs) I know. Right. So then five days goes by and she's taken back to her cell and the valet tells her to... Oh, actually, was that before? When the valet told her to take a leak? That, that was her, before. That was before. her getting ready. Because yeah. she remember, she went to go grab her cape and green right. dress. And he's like, you won't need that. And he immediately tied her hands behind her Right, back. so that's an important point. That she was taken down naked. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, back in and her... And blindfolded. Room, and blindfolded. Yeah, she had no idea. And this is the thing. I think in between people coming in, she was unblindfolded. Yes. Right? Yes. And... The valet would leave, and then he would come in, and, and before he brought someone in, she was re-blindfolded exactly, before right. the next person was brought in. So, right. yeah, so five days of this whipping and being used yeah. as a submissive masochist. Yeah, going, and she right? didn't make much of it. It's interesting no. when you talk about. I mean, she talked about the whipping a little bit, and you know, as a masochist, she talks about the mechanics of it. It's interesting because I don't know if the author actually experienced this, right? This was right. A, supposed to be a love letter to her lover. Yeah. But maybe she is a masochist, so who knows? Right. So I can't 
I can't totally dismiss it, dismiss yeah. it. but yeah. she spoke in a way that I would speak as a masochist. I think people think there's a certain way to describe it, like all sexy, like, and I guess there is if I really chose to talk that way. But I do think of the mechanics of it because there's a responsibility of me as a masochist to experience what you're giving me. Yes. And sometimes the mechanics helps you deal with what you're being given. You well, know, you have a habit of counting the strokes, for example. Counting or yeah. there's a way I press my face into the fuck me chair or right. not based on the rhythm of our strokes or what's happening. Right. There's a way I move rhythmically with the music and with your timing of your strokes right. that allows me to accept the energy of the stroke differently right. Right. than it would be. I'm still discerning the caning rhythm. Yes. It's not like it's a surprise. You 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 have a technique and I'm I know what your technique is. Right. However, today was different for us both only because we now seasoned the rattan canes, the heavy right. cane. Yes. And so we soaked it overnight in linseed oil right, right for 24 hours and then we let them just Try. We, we kind of wiped them down, but then you just let them, Such. they kind of ease and seep, kind of like a right. pitch tree would do when right. pitch comes out. It kind of, if it's expelling, if there's too much in there, right. absorb too much, it's going to push it out. And then we let them sit there for days. So then I took care to rub them down. I know you did too, but, wax, yeah. but today actually, I yeah. rubbed them down really well with a dry cloth yes. to make sure there wasn't any tacky linseed yeah. there was a few spaces so it was still like leaching yeah, yeah. right and then with all your canes because i told right. you earlier i did the one cane i did the one cane yeah. but i did all the canes i took that protective sealer that's kind of a wax yeah. beeswax and stuff and i treated them yes it's like lanolin and beeswax and right. so then you let them set it soaks that in differently but it because of the beeswax it coats right. and then i wiped them down Today, when you use the cane, I could feel the, and I'm sure you said it too, but I could yeah. feel the weight of the cane differently. Yeah. It was heavier. Well, definitely marked you deeper. Oh, totally did. I yeah. could feel that it was heavier. Yeah. Just in general. It's amazing yeah. how that happens, how wood soaks up water or whatever. Totally. So I, yeah. so with her. So you can relate to her being marked. So I can relate with her being marked. And the mechanics but, of but, it. But, but I was talking yeah. about the mechanics in yeah. the book, the way they wrote is she was talking very, about very specifics. Like she put her hands on the wall in a way where her mm -hmm. face could touch her hands yeah. yes. to protect her face. You could relate to that. I could relate to that like directly mm -hmm. because there's ways like with my head's dove way into a pillow while you're using me. Yeah. I have to think about my neck <laughs> right. and not breaking my neck and how am I going to put myself in a position where I can still be in the right position, but here. Right. So it's not like I'm disconnected from what we're doing, but right. there are a little bit of mechanics to it. And that's not to say that the Dom doesn't have mechanics too. You have sure. mechanics too. Sure. So I could appreciate the writing on that. And yeah. I don't know whether it was in context for her or not, but it was for me. Okay. And then she talked about getting scraped up on her breasts and knees, which means she probably collapsed into the wall at some point, sure. which who knows what that kind well, of beating. You can relate to that. I mean, even today, you just today I collapsed. You collapsed a couple times. A couple times, yeah. definitely. Or mark on mark or whatever yeah. have you. A sensitive area, a deeper yeah. impact. I could feel it. And then her losing track of time. I think you're right on the track of time. Yeah. 
Yeah, so her lover, Renee, comes back after five days and she gets dressed. He doesn't allow her. Which means she's at her two weeks. At her two weeks. Yeah. He doesn't allow her underwear or a garter belt. Oh, he didn't even provide them. But she gets fully dressed. In the same suit she came in. The same suit she came in at. And she steps out of the chateau. You know, she walks through the anteroom. She notices it's not guarded any longer. So there's like a, there's like an occurring that's happening where her being removed from the chateau is correlated to all of the valets like disappearing so that she doesn't really have a sense of them. And she's with her lover at this and point. She's, she's exiting. Yeah. One of the key things too is before she left, the valet did come in. Yes. Because she expected to see him in there anyway yes. with Renee because he was last time. Yeah. When Renee used her, yes. the valet was standing there. Yes. And it's interesting because of the way they set up the organization of it is when he was gifting her to the chateau, she was then part of the chateau. Right. And therefore the valet was responsible for anyone's use, even though they were lovers. Yes. Anyone's use, right? Right. Now she's being removed from the chateau. Yeah. So he's not present. Right. But he comes in and brings a box of these iron with inlaid gold, kind of a, in some ways it was a signet type ring, right. she said, but iron and gold. And I remember her, you know, commenting like iron and gold, why iron and gold? And it was kind of a wide ring. They, they were all the same, basically all sized differently. And they would size them until they found the ring that fit her finger. Right. Because now, again, this references earlier part of the book where she has this ring that designates her part of this quote, quote club. Right. Right. Which means anyone who's part of the club, I don't think the men wear a ring who so are they, part they, of the they club. They definitely have to have some symbol. They must have some symbol, but yeah. the reality is, I, I, don't know if they, the I don't know if they have a ring or not. I think they mentioned but, the ring. But are. if they don't, yeah. they recognize the crest, the right. signet on the ring. And therefore, she. they told her she's available. she's available to be used in and out of the chateau just based on this ring. Yeah. Now, the ring's interesting because it's golden iron, as you point out. Mm-hmm. And gold is like the super refined metal, and iron is the super unrefined metal. And, and iron really rusts. Yeah. It'll rust, and gold does it. So right. it'll be an interesting thing to see, like, you know, if she wears this all the time, washing her hands. Okay, for those of you out there, I hear these friends of mine who yeah. are jewelers who take every single ring off and every yeah. piece of jewelry off every night when they don't sleep in them. And I get, right. bless your hearts, you do that. But like when I was married, I never took off my wedding ring. Yeah, me either. I, yeah. I think when I made bread, I took <laughs> it off, right? Yeah. But it's like, I don't take off stuff. And so I can imagine she might not take it off. Is so it right? might patina. For sure, yeah. Yeah. And then it's going to leave a mark on her finger. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then so she steps out of the chateau and she sees the same car that she was brought to the chateau in. And that's where we stopped. And that's where we stopped it because now we know there's going to either be a discussion of her away from the chateau or the next chapter or part will be when she's in the chateau again. Okay. So what I'm interested in is your experience of her journey for the two weeks she was in the chateau. So just to summarize, she arrives brand new. Mm -hmm. She gets into an experience of being used as a slave. Yep. She's whipped. She's chained. She experiences daily whippings. She's used by the valet. She's used by random men. She's put in a dungeon. She's used repeatedly over days. And now she's being removed. At the same time, her lover has had few interactions with her, but a few. Mm-hmm. And he shares with her like where she stands on the hierarchy of 
he's interested in her, mm-hmm. like she's a usable female by others. Mm-hmm. That's who she that, is. Today. And that turns him on. That's that why this is happening. Right. So I'm just curious about your overall experience of well, the first two weeks of her experience. It's interesting because it's clear now to me, and it has been within the last year, year and a half, but like I'm slavish in my obedience and willingness to serve. Yeah. That's my opinion. You don't have to agree with it, but that's my opinion. I I can agree with it. (laughs) But I love my agency. You know, for example, if you ask me to climb up on your face to eat my pussy, I don't sit there and ask permission I don't kind of stop the moment and say, can I now grab your cock or can I touch my own breasts or can right. I, because that's really what a slave would do. They would, yes. if I got up on your face, I would, that's exactly what I would do. And that nothing else until right. you directed me otherwise right. and gave me permission to use myself in a way, because although I have agency autonomy to my body, right. Yeah. I do feel owned property to you. I've, I gift that to you and I feel very compelled about that concept. However, I don't think twice about squeezing my tits in front of you and reaching back and grabbing your cock while you're eating my pussy. If I'm on your face, you know, that kind of thing. And so that works for us. I I don't want to speak for you, but it seems to be working for us based on what you tell me. Right. And I trust what you say. Yes. Right. So for me that there's a primal part of me, which is my switchy side that is so turned on by that because I'm, I'm being used because you want to use me however you want to use me, but I get to participate in it in a way because my own desires are ramped up and I get to demonstrate my attraction by acting on it. And I also trust because no matter what, in any situation, no matter what it is, because you're very clear about this and I trust this because this has happened, we rely upon this concept is you'll just say or direct me in a different way if you want something to change. And that happens without a lot of words in our scene. I never, I never think because you direct me off giving you a blowjob or whatever I'm doing at the time, worshiping your cock to get someplace else as, Oh, I wasn't doing a good enough job at that. So now he's trying to move me someplace else. I don't have that kind of self-esteem in the sense of thinking I'm constantly doing something wrong, which is amazing to me because in my past relationship, every time anything would change, it was always because I was fucking up. So interesting. And we have it as a structure in our dynamic. There's nothing that, wrong. That there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Right. So I just think. But not just that there's nothing wrong, but that you have agency. And so you get to express yourself because I'm a stand for but, your full but self-expression. What's, but what's wonderful is when you change directions in the scene, yeah. there is nothing wrong. You are choosing to change direction That's for all. whatever reason. Right. Who knows? And I don't have to know why because right. it's a total power exchange. So right. it doesn't matter. And because I can let that go, yeah. it's amazing. So with O, she's able to truly let go, I think. Even though she's being used by multiple people, she finds a peace in the letting go. And she might have been in her personal life, I don't know yet, uh, very controlling about everything. Yeah. And maybe this is a release for her. I can't speak to it. Now, the idea of multiple men using you, I, yeah. I think... I can't identify with that because I haven't been used like that. And it isn't necessarily something I strive for, but also that I had to consider 
because early in our dynamic, when we were still early and you were still considering yourself as who you were, right? Because I didn't know who I was. You didn't, you thought you knew. Well, I had a, I had a, a, a deeper sense of myself, but I still wasn't clear. And you may not even know you were clear, yet we evolved together, however that happened. And so at the earlier point, you were, I'm sure, I can only imagine, and I knew this, you were fantasizing about what could be because you were experiencing certain parts of our dynamic that you obviously appeared to be appreciative of. And then you were thinking about what's the possibility here. In the context I know now, what's the possibility? And your context was polyamory and you had... I don't know if you were at that point curious or because I haven't heard you tell me that you've watched anyone you've owned or collared or anything being fucked by someone else, but maybe you were curious about it. So you brought up like, maybe I'll just bring a whole bunch of guys up here and have a gangbang and I'll just have you one after another doing whatever, whatever it was. And you brought up different scenarios all the time. And I remember really thinking about it. And why did I really think about it? Because I'm your submissive. I mean, even in those early phases where we weren't colored yet, I was all in. I was like, I'm your submissive. I got to get my head around this and think about this. What would this be like to be a vessel? And could I be a vessel? And I I wasn't, I didn't really know. I never came up with a knowing because I had an experience, right? But I was like, but if that's what he wants... How could I please him most by being whatever he wants me to be? Yes, that's so interesting because those... That's the slavish part of me. Yeah. Those considerations I had early on were really just, like you say, just... Musings. Musings, right? I'm sure. Yeah. The way that it's worked out is we've become so close and so connected and so related in our sexuality that there really isn't room for another human being. There isn't room. It's really... I know... There's lots of people out there, and I, I, and this isn't even a poly thing. This is right. just like multiple part open relation or multiple yeah. partners. But I think, wow, you know, there's certain types of things we talk about. You know, if I was to find a submissive that was really truly dedicated, yes, to truly me and us, it to has serve, to be to a, it has yeah. to be a, it we're a package, right? right. And service could be all kinds of things for depending on what their where their aptitude is. And if their aptitude only fits in this lane, then there could be another sub that fits in this lane, let's just say. Right. But they are not primary. And it doesn't mean that they're not appreciated, but what it means is they're not primary. Right. So we're primary. Right. That's a secondary consideration. Right. Like there's a lot of times when we're in a scene, like today, I was so deep. Could I have switched hats at any point with a submit let's say we had a submissive kneeling for us yes right could i have switched hats at any point and then demanded that submissive to do something maybe if you directed me helped me in my subspace basically because it's not like i want to lose all control but i'm in subspace i can't no i think i think you would have to say i want yeah. You just suck I, his I balls that, while that, he fucks me in the ass or something. Do you know whole, what I mean? It's like, it's a whole other scenario that I think, can I communicate in that way? Right. So keeping the conversation in the space of the story of O. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know. We, we had a scene today, so we, it's a big deal. We kind of segued. Yeah. But keeping the conversation in the story of O, your experience of yourself as a submissive through our dynamic 
as a masochist has evolved like amazingly over the course of the last year, right? And what O's dealt with over the past two weeks is a like a snapshot of that. Well, her snapshot yeah. makes me remember back to my claiming. Yes. Which was extremely intensive. Yeah. I remember when it was all done. First of all, you're kind of, you're just really subspace. You're, yeah. I don't want to use this word incorrectly, but you're kind of shocky a little you're, bit. You feel, you feel like you're yeah, in that, shock. That's, that's why aftercare is important. Right. But I remember the first onset, you, you let me go shower and right. all this business. And I remember reflecting in the mirror, looking in the mirror at myself at doors. And I said, it's never going to be the same. Like, it doesn't matter if we continue. Like, I knew, like, as I looked in the mirror, I go, it'll never be the same again. Like, this has a whole new bar for me, no matter whether we continue or not. I knew you were claiming me. I wasn't trying to dismiss what we had. But, you know, I'm claimed. So that means you can use me as you choose. And that didn't necessarily mean I'm, at that point, when we were the that I'm priority or anything, just that I'm part of your pack, whatever that means. And so I was like, wow, no matter what happens, I've changed forever. And I think that's what O is experiencing right now. I think that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I can identify with that part. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers!